happy Wednesday nuggets. I would like to jump in and talk about an article I just read on Medium. And it's called, I went to a Bumble in real life event and finally understood why modern dating is a mess by Carlin. It's an Italian last name, and I really hope I don't mess it up. Uh, Beccia or Beccia. I don't know how she pronounces the two C's. All right. So the author went to uh, one of those Bumble live events. It was in a rooftop bar in Boston, and she spoke to about 52 didn't people, 52 different people. And I believe it was uh, 38 women and 42 men. And she asked them all, excuse me, it was 26 single women and 32 single men. And she asked them these questions. And the first question was, do you meet more people online, in person, or both? And of course, because it was a Bumble event, they said online. The second question was, do you think dating's become easier or harder? And of course, nine out of 10 respondents said harder. Uh, and then she got to, what is your biggest struggle with modern dating? And the women's responses pretty much focused in or honed in on men's lack of effort. And she says, the complaints will sound familiar. Too much texting and not enough dating. Men acting flaky, i.e. canceling dates, ghosting, or not knowing what they want from dating. Too many men want hookups and not a commitment, and so on and so on. Oddly, men gave the same response over and over again. Too many choices. When I asked them to elaborate, they complained that women have too many choices, so they reject someone too quickly. One guy responded, if you are not tall, good-looking, and earn a six-figure salary, you are destined for the swipe left pile. Oh, and she says, and of course, if you trotted out the tired 80-20 Pareto principle, men believe 80% of women pursue only the top 20% of men, leaving the rest sexless and sad. And then she says, as previously discussed, the data does not support this hypergamous nonsense. And she says, either way, a problematic theme emerged. Women believe men are not putting in enough effort and men believe they shouldn't put in the effort if they are going to get rejected. And I thought this was a really great insight from her. Uh, and she said, uh, I staggered into my Uber and let the silence envelop, envelope envelop me. An unsettling feeling arose. Romance isn't just dead. Romance is a decomposing corpse that that maggot feeding dating apps are feeding on. And she says, how do we fix this mess? And she says, the, the problem with modern dating, this is the problem with modern dating, laziness. But the incels and bitter feminists sharpen their claws when you ask them to put in some effort. And the sense of entitlement is only getting worse. Now, brace yourself. Both men and women are going to get my finger-wagging lecture. First, both sides must stop endless texting, breadcrumbing, ghosting, classless flirting, and general disrespect. I, I cannot agree more with the endless texting stuff. Based on all of the stories and the TikToks and every bit of dating content that I consume, it really does involve people texting with these strangers forever before a date is even set up and i need you to i need you to live by this principle if they are not setting up a date with you within the first couple of days of contact they are unavailable or not that interested and just keeping you on the back burner 
while they explore other options. And here's the thing. Yes. We're like in modern dating, we're always exploring other options until we find the person for us. There's nothing wrong with that. But a smart dater does not let you know that. Somebody who's willing to let things go on and on and prolong things before meeting is saying to you, I don't, I don't really care if we don't meet. I don't really care if I quote unquote lose you. Someone who's like, oh, this is somebody I, I really think I'm I'm getting along with. They're going to want to meet you fairly quickly. Maybe not like that day, but that, you know, within two days or so, they're setting up that first date. If they're not setting up that first date and you're not meeting within the first like five to seven days, with the exception of, you know, if they've given you extenuating circumstances like they're sick or they're traveling, they're not available. They're not interested. And you really, really need to <laughs> to live by this. Because if you're delaying it weeks and weeks, you're not interested either. You're not available. And people need to start being really honest with themselves about that because people say, well, I text that long because I want to get to know somebody. Well, that that's dating. Dating is getting to know somebody. If you need to feel, you know, if it's a sense of safety, make sure you have somebody as sort of a backup to who knows where you are, who knows what your date looks like. Make sure you pick the right location. Um, do your proper reconnaissance on this person. But if you spend weeks, you're, you're, you need, you need to start being honest with yourself that you're, you're just either, you're just not available. You're just not interested in dating at this point, And you're just not interested in this person. And that's my personal feeling on this. Your miles, what is it? Your mileage may vary. Now, she also says, <laughs> women need to stop dismissing men for shallow flaws that makes them feel objectified. Sure, men want to feel desired, but not when they haven't even made it to a first date. And she says, case in point, I can't believe dating app profiles still include a man's height. Imagine if they required a woman's weight to be listed. The feminists would pour the tar, but our society tolerates sizing men up on physical attributes they can't change. First of all, um, some like some dating apps still do um, have like a body type option, but um, regardless it's still required that people post full full length photos, like full body shots. There's a reason for that. And it's because of weight. Like let's, let's be clear. It's, it's mainly because of weight. And so that is something that is sort of required on it, on a dating app profile. You do have to include a full body shot. You know, they're not being overt about, how much do you weigh? What kind of body type do you have? But it is still a requirement because if you don't have a full body shot, most people are just, they're not even going to look at your profile or they're just going to swipe left. So let's not pretend that a woman's weight still doesn't factor into this and that women do not get dismissed for their body type because they do. Secondly, and Sarah and I have discussed this ad nauseum at this point, I'm sure. Um, Women can have whatever preferences they want, just like men can have whatever preferences they want. But I'm I'm no longer going to listen to this argument of, well, 
what if a man said, I, you know, I don't typically date fat women. There's a reason why men date conventionally prefer to date or some men conventionally date, prefer to date conventionally thin women. And there's a reason why many women prefer to date tall men. And here's the kicker. Both reasons stem from the same thing, and it's the patriarchy. And it's how men have decided beauty standards, how men have decided what is feminine and what is masculine. So this is why I don't want to hear the complaints from men. If you don't want to date overweight women, nobody cares. Have fun. As long as you're not cruel about it, that's fine. That's fine. But don't complain when women only want to date taller men and women. And, and you know, I, and the thing is, I, I don't know that women really argue the point about preference. They don't, they don't care. It's just that guys stop complaining about it because you're don't hate the player, hate the game. You created the game and we're just playing it. You wrote the playbook. So if you want to complain, complain to each other, because I guarantee you that if you worked, actively worked to change the, the, what conventional beauty standards, if you talk to other men or like, dude, like these women are beautiful. What are you talking about? You know, that you like, why do you want to, why do we only date these types of women? Because the media, the media has told us that that's what's attractive. Like, like the calls coming from with coming from inside the house, my dudes. So either answer the answer the fucking phone, or stop complaining. Because women, it's not up to women. It's not up to women to not be shallow. It's not. If you didn't want us to be like this, you shouldn't have created what you created. So if women don't want to take tall men, that's fine. Is that shallow? Maybe. Or is it programming? Or is it that we've been told our whole lives that um, in order to be feminine and attractive, we need to feel petite? Or is it because uh, we're so uh, uh, there are so many threats out there to our physical safety that we prefer to be with someone who can protect us? Bottom line, you guys created that, not us. So no, I don't agree with this. I don't think women need to stop being more quote unquote shallow. Shallow it up, bitches. You be exactly who you are. And let's see. Uh, and she also says, ladies, stop treating men like providers. You can provide for yourself and still need a partner. The wage gap has closed with Gen Z. Yes, we still have work to do with closing the motherhood gap, and conservatives are definitely gunning for our reproductive rights. But there's a simple solution. Find an eagle. eagle egalitarian minded man who will share household responsibilities. They are out there. And I agree. I agree. They are out there, but at, at no time should we be telling women, Hey, don't look for a man who can provide for you because here's why. If they have children, who do you think is going to be staying home? Cause it's a uh, spoiler alert. It's not going to be him. It's not. So not only is she going to be staying home and taking care of the child, but um, if they don't make enough money, that's going to cause a lot of problems in the relationship. Stop guilting women for wanting men 
who are financially secure. Like, sure. Are there some women out there who are like, I want to marry a millionaire or a billionaire. Great. Fine. Whatever. Let them. For the most part, women just want a man who will provide to make a, to make sure that they're not going to leech off her because, well, I don't agree that the wage gap, wage gap has closed. Um, Women are doing very well for themselves. Women are the ones who are getting the educations. So they want to make sure that all their hard work doesn't end up with them uh, settling down or or locking themselves into somebody who's going to leech off of them or be a bottom feeder. So that's the first reason. Number two, because they want to make sure that they are financially sound and secure should a woman decide, I don't want to work. I want to stay home with my kids. That's practical. That's not shallow. That is practical. That's someone who knows that how many relationships end over money problems. That's someone who says, you know what? I I prefer to be home with my kids. That is not shallow for a woman to want to make sure that men make six figures. Now, there was a TikTok that I saw yesterday that Sarah and I are going to discuss tomorrow for the for the big the main podcast. And it's about the uh the typical the average income for for men of certain ages. And something, you know, I think it was like at age 28 the average income for a man I think was something around it was under 60,000. So, I would say familiar familiarize yourself with that data. And uh, understand that, um, I guess, appropriate your expectations a bit. But when they asked all of these women, you know, what's your ideal salary in a partner? I mean, 100000 That's not, I mean, I'm talking, I, that's not, that's not huge. Like, we're not talking they want someone who makes 500 k a year, even 250 k a year. 100000 is pretty Maybe because I live in New York City, so that is definitely affecting my my perception of this. But that's not that's not saying I don't think that that's an uh, unrealistic expectation. You know, a hundred thousand. Yeah, that's probably what it would take for two people to live comfortably um, in a in a suburb in Manhattan. A hundred thousand is is a, a single person could barely live on that. No joke. So a hundred thousand really isn't that much. And to make it sound like women have these unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, that bothers me too. Women are allowed to want a partner who can financially support them because more than likely they are going to be doing a lot of the domestic labor and they are going to be doing the child rearing and they are going to be doing a lot of the emotional labor cuz that's just the, that's just the reality. So sure, find an egalitarian minded man who will share household responsibilities. Listen, I'm that I'm thrilled he can take out the garbage, but can he have an effective conversation about why I hate his best friend or why I don't like that um he spends so much time with his friends or that I I don't like his spending habits or that, you know, I don't like planning things. I mean, even <laughs> we're getting to that. Um, I, I How do I say this? Yes, it'd be great to find someone who can help with the household stuff. 
but there's so much more. There's so much more. It's not just about, oh, he doesn't like do stuff, do stuff around the house. It's the weaponizing competence that leads to an argument. It's how much more difficult it is to have a conversation about little things like, well, I, you know, why can't you do this? And that, that they were often perceived as nagging. It's not that we're nagging. It's that we're trying to communicate something to you and you're not getting it. And we feel like we're constantly having to repeat ourselves. That's not nagging. That's you not doing what we asked you to do. Stop framing that as women are nagging. If you did, my God, my father used to say this to me as a kid. This is how parents say to their kid. Well, if you did it the first time I asked, I wouldn't have to. That's it. We learn this as kids. So I, I don't, I feel like this is kind of shaming women a little bit. Uh, in terms of like why they want someone who makes a, makes a good salary and who's financially stable and and you know why they date <laughs> why they date certain uh, you know they want to date taller men because shorter men are nastier because shorter men have a chip on their shoulder because uh, they're the ones who don't want to date taller women so stop framing it as this is a woman's problem because I just I just don't think it is. And she said, goes on to say, men need to take a page from their grandparents. Stop juggling multiple women and throwing your coffee date shit at the proverbial wall. Put on some clean underwear and plan a goddamn date that might make a half-decent love story to tell your, your grandchildren. She says, I recently dated a guy for about six weeks. My friends nicknamed him Pillow Princess, and no, we never slept together. He got that name because I planned every freaking date. Concerts, gallery opens, gallery openings, comedy shows, picnics, burlesque shows, and an ill-conceived goat yoga date. Don't judge. I love goats. He would ask me out and then plan nothing. So I was left doing all the heavy lift, heavy romance lifting. I am tired of being the events coordinator for men who are too lazy to use their Google machines. And she says, not to mention it gets expensive to pay for all these activities on an artist's salary. What? Please tell me you're not paying for all this. Please tell me that. See, so not only was he not planning the date because he's lazy, but also because he's just not that interested, let's be honest. Um, she's paying for them? This is why the first few dates in the beginning, let's not, like, let's stop pulling out all the stops. Those first few dates where you're trying to get to know somebody let's go low key. Let's go, you know, uh, maybe drinks, uh, maybe a wine tasting, uh, you know, an art gallery. I like anywhere where you can talk, but a burlesque show, all this stuff, yoga date, comedy shows, picnic. Great. But anything where you can't really talk and engage and interact is a waste. Save that stuff for when you know that a relationship, a real relationship is, is, um, is on the horizon. Save that stuff until the other person proves they're worthy of that kind of time from you. What do we always say, bog witches? Value your time. So she says, I'm tired of being the events coordinator for men who are too lazy to use their Google machines. And then she said, and I liked him. He was charming and devilishly handsome. 
but his laziness emasculated him and made me feel unworthy. Well, I think the real advice here is stop making concessions for men who are conventionally attractive, because that too is what this comes down to. We trip over ourselves if a guy is conventionally attractive. We do. And I think we need to admit that. more. We, we do lower our standards for the good-looking guys who don't really fall out their profile, for the good-looking guys who don't really make a plan. You know, when they say, like, oh, you know, I just wanted to make sure it's someplace that you like. We buy that. That's, that's weaponizing competence. That's a lie. They know. They've, they've had enough dates. They know. And they need to show you that they not only know, but they are willing to do the work. They need to show you from the beginning they are willing to do the work. And that starts with follow through. If they say they're going to text you at a certain time and they do it, that starts with planning the date. This is such a huge step. Do not overlook this because if they don't and they give you some BS excuse about not knowing what you'd like or not knowing what was close to you, that's weaponizing confidence. All they have to do is ask, okay, fine. They'll plot that, all the, that data into whatever their, whatever Google machine they're using and they'll be able to find it. If they like you, if they're genuinely available, if they're genuinely interested, they're going to plan that date because they're going to make sure that they make a good first impression. No exceptions. So forget about telling women not to be shallow and um, to, to not looking for providers. No. What we should be telling women is stop giving good looking men too many chances. Because I assure you, you're not the only person that they're talking to. I assure you that you're not the only person that they're dating. And if they really liked you, they'd make the effort. They're not making the effort because of what they look like. That's it. And they know so many women want a really good looking guy that they can trot out on social media and show off to other women. They know. They're hip to the game. Don't let them get away with it. Let's see. So the rest of this is just blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Fortune favors the bulls. Listen, (laughs) you are not high maintenance if you want a man that makes good money. You are not high maintenance or shallow if you want a man that is taller. Um, and men, if you only want to date women who are conventionally thin, that's fine too. This is the thing. We don't begrudge you for it, but we do ask that you acknowledge why that is because it wasn't always like that. You've been programmed. You've been told what to find attractive by companies who are, wait for it, run by men. By ad teams that are Mostly men. So this is why. So understand, like, just acknowledge that. And if you want to change it, don't come to us. Don't. Talk to other men. See, this is the problem. You think you're going to, you think you're going to convince us that we're the problem. I'm going to spoil the surprise for you. You won't. You want to stop being lonely and sad? talk to other men. And I don't mean that as just go join a support group with other men, but I mean that is talk to other men about how how this culture today 
a lot of it has to do with the patriarchy and beauty standards decided by men and men's inability to co- effectively communicate their feelings uh, and, and men's, you know, how do I say this? Men's hostility and men's in, um, inability to productively and in a healthy manner express their vulnerability. You want change? Don't come to us. We are not the ones. Go to other men. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you for listening, Nuggets. The regular podcast will come out on Friday with me and Sarah. All right. Cuffing season is just about upon us. If you are on these dating apps, I want you to use these dating apps in a way that optimizes your time, that protects your mental well-being, that um, is successful for you. And it starts with the profile. So let's write a profile that makes your goals, intentions, and even your deal breakers very clear. Maybe we'll put in something that's a nice little litmus test or a test to see if they read it. What we're not going to do is soften anything because we want to appeal to, you know, we want to make sure we don't, we don't turn everybody off. You do want to turn everybody off. You want to scare them off because the people who are right for you will stick around. End of story. So we can write that profile together, or maybe you already have a profile and you just want a quick review to make sure there's no red flags in it. We can do that too together. And I even have what I call, uh, what is it? It's, it's a package where we can write the profile together and you get three 30-minute sessions where we do swiping together. We write messages together. I teach you how to analyze men's profiles, what to look for, um, how to interpret certain words or phrases, what's coded, what isn't. That's available too. Use the code PODCAST30. Go to datologycoach.com, click book a session or click get a dating profile review. Use that code PODCAST30 and get $30 off any service. Let's get you ready. And have somebody work with me to have someone who has your back, who can maybe make this this process a little bit more entertaining, a little bit less stressful, uh, and make you feel like you're not alone in this. Because people quit, and they quit too fast. Because things aren't seeing you're like me. Things, nothing's taking off. If you're not excellent at it right away, so you quit, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. I'm going to be there to remind you, this isn't you. This isn't a you problem. This is a process problem. This is a um, paradox of choice problem. This is a laziness problem. And I'm going to help you keep those people away from you. So go to datologycoach.com, book a session, use the code podcast30. Send in your questions to hello at datologycoach.com or submit them through the site. Just click ask a question. Follow us on Instagram at datologypod. Follow me on Instagram at the Kristen M, T H E C H R I S T A N M. Follow me on TikTok at Datology Coach and at My Character Analysis. Bogwitches, Sarah and I, we will uh, we'll see you Friday and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.